Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am super excited that you guys are here joining us today. We have an incredibly special guest uh, that I'm very, very excited to interview who's going to teach us uh, persuasion secrets from uh, various people throughout history, Shakespeare, Oprah, Jesus, um, and the list goes on. Uh, but before we get to our great guest, uh, Joseph Fromm, as usual, I must welcome my one and only fantastic co-host from the other side of the pond, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> what a grand introduction. And I kind of feel like you, you, you built the guest up there so well that now it almost feels like the show starts on a low tone with, with bringing me on. Well, it usually feels that way once I introduce you anyway. <laughs> it just lowers the tone. It's <laughs> just like, eh, it just sort of comes to a grinding halt. Like that. <laughs> Indeed. But how are you doing, James? Well, I'm doing fantastic. It's been a really cool uh, week so far, even though it's only Tuesday for us. Right. I had, uh, you know, Peng Jun. I do. Famous uh, internet marketer and uh, content creator. We've been hanging out the last couple of days and uh, oh, nice. he was over at my house yesterday and we did a workout in my gym and I'm just going to tell you, my legs are so sore, I can't even like barely stand. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, I can picture you and picture Peng and I'm like, you didn't keep up. Well, I did. I did. But th- I'm suffering the price today. So. <laughs> right. Whereas Peng's out there now just, just bench pressing a couple of other people. Strongman contest and everything else. So uh, <laughs> right. With, uh, without further ado, let's bring our guest into the conversation. Joseph, it's great to have you on the show today, man. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Are you sure about that? I like the energy. And, uh, you know, this is all about uh, the back and forth storytelling. You know, we're trying to, uh, that's what keeps people interested. When we first, uh, you know, kind of talked about having you on the show, the, the thing that I was very excited to really dive in was your area of expertise, which is storytelling that creates virality and really helps you reach millions of people, amplify your message, like all that stuff. How, how long have you been a student or a practitioner of, you know, storytelling and how it works and how it can help people grow their companies? Well, I have been really focused on it for the last 12 years when I started blogging, just to, you know, when blogging really started maybe 15 years ago, and I got excited by that wave and started blogging. And of course, when you're blogging online, it's all about are people reading you? And are they, and, and as social media developed, are they posting you on Facebook? Are they posting you on Twitter? And over time, we got more metrics back. So now I have a lot of information, instant feedback. How, how long are people spending on the site? So I not only know 
you know, how many people click on a post of mine, which is sort of, you know, getting people's attention, being clicky, but how long do they stick around? How long do I keep their attention? So that's sort of the things that we focus on now in, in the digital age. Can we, are we clicky and sticky? And when you get the kind of feedback that you do online, you, you, you know, you learn stuff at a, at a pretty fast rate. So, all right, clicky and sticky. Dean, make a note of that. <laughs> I was just about to pick up on that. I think I think that's what people call us sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't want to know which one of you is sticky. Honestly, <laughs> I just... <laughs> yeah, thanks for going there, Dean. Really appreciate it. <laughs> um, so clicky and sticky, that's like, first of all, that's a very sticky way to remember things. Um, I love I like it. it. So, so give us some kind of core fundamentals of creating a great story that will encourage that click, but also encourage the, the stickiness, not just probably for that piece, but in building that relationship with a reader or a prospect or something over the long term. Uh, absolutely. Happy to do so. And my top post, for me, trying to get posts, uh, tens of thousands of page views, my best posts have had 100, 200,000, 500,000 page views. Um, not, uh, it obviously takes, a, you have to, as you say, build up a relationship over time. So that is certainly one of the most important things. We're going to make promises in the headline, and we better deliver on those promises. There's certainly a lot of people out there putting headlines, you know, the three guaranteed ways to lose weight without doing anything type of stuff. And you know what happens when you click on that. You're going to be disappointed. Like your podcast has to consistently deliver a certain level of quality or people will lose interest. Uh, Yeah, my headlines, they have to grab your attention, but then they better deliver on what they say. And I I have tried to explain. People ask me, what is sort of the single biggest mistake people make when writing online? And that's pretty easy. The single biggest mistake is that they're not spending enough time on their headline because their headline is, is the most important thing for two fundamental reasons, one of which is that most people don't go beyond the headline. A good post of mine, a good post, has a click-through rate of 15% which means only one out of six people. And this idea goes back very long in, in the book, How to Go Viral and Reach Millions. I quote David Ogilvy, a guy who was considered you know, the father of advertising. And he says, on the average, five times as many people read the headline as read the body copy. So his, his point, and he says a change of headline can make a difference of 10 to one in sales. So he understood tweaking the headline, getting the headline right, that is crucial. A, because sometimes that's all people are going to see. So you better make sure that your headline has the piece of information you want to deliver. And secondly, the headline is going to determine whether you've hooked people in and, uh, and go further. So a uh, headline has to do a bunch of things, one of which is it's going to have to trigger emotions, trigger some emotions that trigger interest and in sharing. Uh, and there's a lot of research uh, on what those emotions are. There was a study of New York Times stories and headlines, the most shared uh, emails. They, someone looked at over a multi-year period, looked at what made the top of the most emailed list in order to determine what people are sharing. And they figured out that people like certain emotions they want to share, which are you can remember by the three A's. There's anger, there's anxiety, and then there's awe or 
you know, really grabbing people with something they've never seen before. So, you know, I think we all know outrage. It's quite popular these days. Can you believe so-and-so said this or did this? It's true in the political room realm, but it can be true with celebrities. Oh, my God, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow did this on Goop. You know, we're, we, we like to get outraged uh, and we like to share our outrage. Uh, another one is anxiety, of course. Uh, that would be uh, three things you're doing wrong in a job interview. Oh, no, wait, I'm doing three things wrong in a job interview? So, you know, uh, or three foods you sh- that you're eating you shouldn't be, you know, all those types of things. And then there's awe, which is like the stuff you've never seen before. Oh, my God, you know, this guy is climbing up, you know, uh, El Capitan without any ropes or any pylons or anything. Or, you know, this this cat is playing the piano or this guy can kick a football through a hoop, any hoop 200 feet away. You've, you know, those types of things. So those, those are the kinds of things that we're trying to stimulate, get people's attention right away. And, and indeed, one of the things I learned is it's not, not only is your headline important, but, but just the first few words of your headline. Um, and ultimately, what I'm trying to do, really, if I have a good headline, is I'm trying to promise that there's an interesting story that when you click on this, you're going to get an interesting story that's going to hit one of those emotions. Uh, because fundamentally, over tens of thousands of years of developing language, it is stories that are the things that have always gone viral to the point where our brains are really wired to be interested in stories. So, so reading the subheadline of your book, Top Persuasion Secrets from Social Media Superstars, Jesus, Shakespeare, Oprah, and even Donald Trump. That's like, that's an interesting group of people to put together. You're saying Jesus had good headlines? Uh, I'm saying that Jesus was perhaps the most viral person in, in, in human history. Here's a guy who didn't travel very far, you know, you know, less than maybe 100 miles in his whole life. But the things that he said got picked up and repeated over and over again. And, and ultimately, I, I, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor for, you know, they shall uh, enter, you know, be in uh, enter the kingdom of God and best of the peacemakers, that sort of thing. That's how it begins. That speech, you know, that has probably been seen or read or heard by, you know, 10 billion people. There've been 10 billion Bibles sold, uh, uh, printed in the, in, in the past 2000 years. So, uh, but those words that he uses, he knows how to not only tell a story a certain way, but he knows how to use language in a memorable way, and that is the figures of speech. And so he uses metaphors a lot. You know, uh, I am the good shepherd, that sort of thing. The Bible is filled with metaphors. Metaphors are very grabby and memorable. We see them in advertising, you know, Chevy like a rock. These types of things uh, are very common. He uses you know, repetition, judge not lest ye be judged, that sort of thing. So when you really study what are the words and languages uh, approach that people use, uh, there's a type of language and there's a type of storytelling. And indeed, the, the most popular thing in the whole, the whole book is my discussion of the very simple rule to make your stories more uh, interesting uh, and more clicky. 
Um, so Dean, do you think we should hear what that thing is? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Don't leave us hanging here, man. Uh, you know, and, and of course what I'm doing is a little bit of that. I, you trying to create a little tension and interest and then. <laughs> Damn it. I fell for it. <laughs> you <laughs> fell right for it. And, and in, yeah, there you go. And indeed, you know, this is called the, the, the rule of replacing. And it, it was written down by Hollywood screenwriters, but it's been used by everyone from Jesus through, through, you know, viral superstars like Oprah. It is literally, you take the thing you were going to write or say, and you, you print it out, and you go through and you circle all of the ands, and wherever possible, you replace the word and with the word but, or equivalents like yet, because we're trying to introduce the kind of conflict and narrative tension that we expect in our best stories. And then you replace as many ands with therefore or so to introduce the resolution of that conflict and tension. So fundamentally, stories, this is the three-act uh, model that, that all of the movies in use, which is we have the setup, and then we have the conflict, uh, and then we have the resolution or solution. And because fundamentally, why are we interested in stories? Because we have a problem. We're, we're trying to figure out what we should be doing every single moment in life. And there's no rule book except this collection of stories built up over thousands of years, which are the stories of how people dealt with different situations and whether it went well or poorly. So this and but therefore trick or the rule of replacing was it was created by actually Trey Parker of you know, who, who won a bunch of Emmys for South Park and won a bunch of Tonys for uh, the Book of Mormon. This is what they do in order to keep the audience constantly interested, constantly, constantly gripped. And what I show in How to Go Viral and Reach Millions is that almost every uh, major speech in the English uh, uh, history, English language, uh, uses that structure, whether it's the Sermon on the Mount uh, whether it is the Gettysburg Address, uh, you name it. This is this is the way people who know how to keep your attention talk. So this is what makes it sticky. <laughs> this is what makes it clicky and sticky because it really is the you know what what is boring is this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. There aren't any stories like that. Um, right. You know, and there are no stories where someone starts out as a superhero. They defeat all the villains, and the problems are solved. There's, it doesn't happen that way. There's all, every superhero has a weakness, whether it's you know kryptonite or you name it. Everyone goes through that hero's journey of reaching the low point and bouncing back. So we're always looking for that but, the thing that, that represents the, the wrench, the, the monkey wrench, the thing that's the obstacle. And then how the hero overcomes that. Dean, when do you think you're going to bounce back from your low point? Uh, I think I'll bounce back the less I have to do with you. <laughs> so uh, the sooner we can, sooner we can just part ways, the sooner I can live a happy life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be true for me too. <laughs> we're both on the same stage in our hero's journey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you are my crib tonight. You you are you are Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. I won't. I don't know who's who. But yes, <laughs> you're, you're Batman and and the Joker. Not naming saying who's who. <laughs> We've heard Dean's laugh. I think we. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but again, it's tense. You know, look, that's why that's and that's the essence of comedy. Again, uh, uh, you know, create tension and then release it. And that's fundamentally what what we go for all forms of entertainment for. And, you know, you have to think in this day and age, I think we can all agree there is a staggering amount of noise out there on the Internet and social media and the 24 seven cable news cycle. You know, so a we are constantly bombarded with stuff, whether it is ads via email or online or whether it is some politician or whether it is just the fact that we have an infinite amount of choice. You know, right now, hey, I don't have to be listening to this podcast. I could be looking at a cat video or I could be binging on Netflix. So. In order to succeed in that world, I have to always be asking, how am I going to keep you interested for the next 15 seconds? And how am I going to keep you interested for the next 15 seconds? And I, you know, I work with some people who are unbelievably good at viral videos. And I've looked at the, you know, the science on that. You literally have seven seconds in a video. That first seven seconds is going to determine whether the person is sticking around even 15 seconds. They're making the decision really fast because, again, we've all clicked on stuff that turns out to be a yawner, and we want to get out as quickly as possible because we know there's so much great content out there. So let's talk about that for a second. So these first seven seconds, I mean, I assume that we're talking about all of the elements that you've previously discussed about, you know, the three A's, uh, what was it, anger, awe, and anxiety. Yeah. Um, Right, like introducing those things is that is that the the hook that keeps people in past those seven seconds? Is there more to it? Because I imagine this is you know useful not just in uh, like YouTube videos and other stuff, but in, in all forms of advertising to really pull people in so they continue to listen to the rest of the message. A- absolutely, and that was certainly the point that Ogilvy made. It was the point I. I work with these two former 60 Minutes producers who are now doing, uh, it was a, uh, it is a TV series. It won the Outstanding Nonfiction uh, Emmy, Emmy for Outstanding Nonfiction Series, Years of Living Dangerously. Now they do short form online videos. And uh, they told me, I, I spoke to a guy, they've won 13 Emmys between them. And I said, what is, you know, what is the secret? And, you know, number one was a good opening line of a video can make that video go viral. You know, it is literally the same as with a headline. In fact, one of the other interesting points, which I had no idea of, was that we had we had 85 million views on Facebook just in July. So these these guys know what they're doing. Seventy percent of those videos are watched with the sound off. Wow. Interesting. So when you make a video. You, I mean, obviously, if it's a music video, you know, that's, but for most of us, making a video online, we have to assume the person watching it might not have the sound on because they're in a place where they can't, mm-hmm. or they're listening to something else while they're watching. So the point is, we're all, you know, doing this multitasking, which means that, that all of our videos use, you know, print. You, 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 what, you know, the key headline is actually written out in, in type. Um, now, the video uh, has to also uh, visually, of course, be interesting and have visual metaphors. That's, I think, pretty classic. But the point is, yes, that headline, the first thing, had better promise that what's to come is really 
going to be interesting, really going to trigger the emotions, and it's going to be a story, and it's going to be something I might like to share. And, and I know that this is not limited to just uh, what people might consider naturally entertaining topics, right? You've, you've talked about uh, in some of the work that you've done uh, about some very, very serious topics, and yet you've used these techniques and these strategies to pull people into uh, and get engaged in what would otherwise be considered a very serious conversation. Yeah, the 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 this uh, uh, the videos that, that are getting tens of millions of views a month. These are on climate change and clean energy. You know, uh, these are these are interesting subjects to some, but it's not like we're talking about the Kardashians here. Right. Um, you know, and it's not like we're talking about the Super Bowl. So yes, I think the point that I try to make in in the book uh, on on how to go viral and reach millions is that. Uh, when you know the strategies, you can make any content more interesting. Now, I'm not saying everyone's going to become the Kardashians. And, and one of the points of the book is you don't need to have tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people know who you are for you to be successful. Right. I mean, you know, and I, I actually quote a, a science fiction writer, Neil Stevenson, who wrote uh, Snow Crash. Uh, and you may or may not have heard of him, but his point is, you know, they asked him about fame and virality. And he said, well, you know, I'm like the mayor of Des Moines, Iowa. You know, maybe uh, a few two or three hundred thousand people know my name, you know, know who I am. And maybe maybe a million people sort of have heard my name once. He says, but, you know, I can make a living there, right? Because I'm, I'm an author. So if I have like 100, 200,000 people, you know, who follow me and who want to read what I put out, that, you know, that's his version of being a very successful science fiction writer. And I think that everyone is going to decide for themselves. Um, the point is, it doesn't matter whether you're, you can apply these tricks, by the way, if you're on a job interview, if you're on a date, because we're still in those situations. We're trying to get people's attention, keep them, and stick in their memory so that later when they're trying to figure out, you know, do I want to go on a second date? Do I want a second – give this person a second interview? Whatever the situation is, I re, or I'm doing a VC pitch, right? And the VCs are hearing 100 pitches a day. I'm still trying to be – and if you've ever watched Shark Tank, right, you know they're very impatient. I'd better have a, a killer elevator pitch to grab them right immediately, and then I'd better have a way to stick out in their minds. So, Dean, I hope you're taking notes because it's possible you might actually be able to keep Robin interested on a date when you take her out. Um, Sorry, if you could start. repeat that, James. I lost, uh, I lost interest after three seconds. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, Joseph, I, I, I sort of understand that there's a framework here. Yep. It's not necessarily a formula. Right. Right? Um, what are, are there any other key elements to this framework that really helps to create this, this, this intended uh, outcome of, of keeping people engaged and getting your point across? Well, once we enter the realm of realizing we're trying to tell stories that stimulate emotions and that are memorable, now we can say, well, what are the, the things that make stories memorable? Now, this is what the, the ancient Greeks figured out 25 centuries ago. This is what, when they developed the thing called rhetoric, which I know is a 
term that people kind of associate with dry academics, but it's literally the thing that Shakespeare and the authors of the King James Bible were masters of, and that's why all of their, those are the two great quoted works of all time. So we're we're trying to use the same memory tricks that the that the ancient bards used in re- so they could remember their 2 hour long epic poems and that the audience would remember them and those memory tricks are what we now call the figures of speech and they include all the things that are still used today by modern advertisers so alliteration you know rhyme repetition uh, things where we repeat in the beginning, like Winston Churchill, we're going to fight them on the beaches, we're going to fight them on the landing ground. Things will repeat at the end, like Abraham Lincoln, government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Literally all of these tricks, and these include puns, irony, metaphor, you name it. If there was a way of saying something in a memorable way, the Greeks first codified it, and then the, 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 the uh, Romans you know, like Cicero did more, and then finally the Elizabethans, uh, they co- they uh, studied it and detailed it in the English language. So when you're trying to be memorable, we're trying to come up with, with clever phrases like, uh, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. You know, John F. Kennedy, that's called a chiasmus, words repeated in, in reverse order. But these, the point is, People figured this out a long time ago, and modern social science and modern marketing science shows that it works, which is why you have all these ads, um, whether it's the Aflac duck, where you're trying to create the visual metaphor so every, uh, and, and an auditory metaphor. Every time you see the duck and you hear the duck quack, you're thinking of this obscure you know, secondary insurance company you never heard of. So again, this is this is what we're trying to do. We're we're always marketing, even if we're just one on one with someone. We're marketing in the sense that we want them to pay attention to what we say and remember it. Right now, that's uh, that's fascinating. That there's there's so much uh, study behind this because I think that on some level people uh, think that well, I'm good at telling stories or I'm not good at telling stories. Or I'm good at, you know, I'm good at engaging in a certain way or I'm not good at engaging in a certain way. And I, I, I have a fundamental belief that, you know, there's, there's a reason how everything gets mm. done. Um, and it's really cool to hear you dig into some more of the stuff that doesn't get talked about as frequently um, and illuminating the possibility that with enough, you know, study and practice, anyone can really take this and run with it and apply it to whatever they're, whatever they're trying to do. Uh, that is one of the main points of, of why I wrote the book is that, yes, there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, someone has the quote unquote gift of gab or, you know, they're a born storyteller. But like you're saying, they're not a born storyteller. They're just raised in a family that tells lots of stories or, you know, whatever it is, or they go to church and, and, and a lot of, you know, preachers are good at, this type of communication, right? Preachers were among the first people who had to figure out how to grab your attention and keep it, right? right. So that's why the Bible is filled with stories. It's not, it's not filled with, with PowerPoints and numbers and data, you know. And in fact, one of the things I like to, to point out is in, in his 2018 um, uh, shareholder letter, Jeff Bezos, richest guy in the world, said 
this year he said we we have banned powerpoints in business yep. meetings you may have seen it at yep. at at amazon what do we replace him with a five or six page narrative memo because people learn through stories they don't learn through bullet points and yeah. and you know uh uh that is uh i f- hope by the way i i rarely use powerpoints anymore um not that you know in some pitches you're going to need them you're pitching to a vc you know there's a certain expectation but the point is it's not it's a powerpoint that's built around your story not not around a bunch of numbers cuz once you get lost in the numbers now you're going to be arguing numbers with people and that's not a winning proposition and it's not a memorable proposition yeah well i um i've taken some of your advice here and i've tried my best to see how we can use it to level up the show and i've come up with ask not what the show can do for dean but what dean can do for the show <laughs> um i think that's going to be our new battle cry over here <laughs> i think that was your greatest contribution to the show ever i love <laughs> Thank it you. well let's hope you make a contribution <laughs> now right. um and I'm and by the way, I'm a very big believer in uh, if you're giving a talk or whatever, find a memorable quote by a famous person and use it. I mean, I, I, I all of the great speech makers do that. You know, it's and and maybe this is even better for Dean. I, you know, I always say find people to quote who are more interesting and quotable than you are. I practice it. Anyone can. Mm, that's true. Mm, right. That's fascinating. So this is uh, this is such a cool topic, and and uh, you know Dean and I have you know there's there's been a few different themes that we've uh, we've been discussing this year on the show with between ourselves and various guests, and you know one of one of the themes has been simplification mm-hmm. to you know, sort of cut through the noise and all that other stuff, and the other theme has actually been uh, you know storytelling and getting messaging correct. Yeah. Um, so we're just absolutely really uh, thrilled that you were able to be here on the show today. Um, Dean, any, um, any thoughts or questions before we, uh, we head to wrap no, I think up? just um, similar to what you said in, in, in recap a moment ago, I think this has been a really good insight for everybody to really take on board here. Because I do think there's a lot of these elements that people just think, oh, it was luck. Like that, that thing went viral or that happened. It was luck. It was just our oh, right place, yeah. right time, all luck. But what, you know, what, what this show I think is really really highlighted here is is you know there is a process there is almost like a science behind all these things that happen it's not look there is a process that anybody can learn and then start improving upon and and implementing so yeah great show great stuff joseph thank you well thank you and and by the way on the simplification point i have a whole chapter in the book short words win short words sell and and people have this mistaken notion that that eloquent speech or this type of persuasion is the use of big words. And I, I quote Winston Churchill writes at length that that the short words are the ones that are older and more ancient in a culture and they connect more with people. And so, you know, I, I completely agree that 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 what we're trying to do is tell a story, but in the simplest language possible. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And so I think just hearing, hearing, uh, you know, the, the dialogue that we've had here today and some of the ways in which you even, you've even used some of the stuff that you teach, like clicky and sticky and just this last thing, you know, short words, uh, win and short words sell. That's, um, I think that really just sort of, uh, solidifies like, yes, there's, there's something to this. 
that I know that I will absolutely remember clicky <laughs> yeah. and sticky, right? There's no question about it. And, you know, I've been in, Dean and I have both been in the marketing world for a very long time. And everyone's like, yeah, you got to write, you know, a, a hook for a headline and you got to write all these different things to, you know, keep people engaged and everything. But clicky and sticky summarizes it. And so I, uh, I can't wait to read your book. I haven't had a chance to read it I yet. I just ordered a copy um, but Amazon right now. Yeah, no, and, and that's what the rest of you guys should do as well. Go to Amazon, um, How to Go Viral and Reach Millions, Top Persuasion Secrets from Social Media Superstars, Jesus, Shakespeare, Oprah, and even Donald Trump. Um, Joseph, absolutely our pleasure having you on the show today. Well, thank you. And of course, anyone who buys the book and likes it, please review it because that's key to getting to sell products on the on Amazon. People look how many people reviewed it and how well they reviewed it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I, Dean will Dean will obviously review it. I can't uh, comment on what he'll say in his review. <laughs> you know, you've heard the kind of riffraff that I'm dealing with here. So <laughs> if you can, you know, sort of brace yourself, that would probably be for the best. It'll be the best uh, I understand. It'll be understandable to, <laughs> to readers. Yeah, right. It'll be all short, all short three-letter <laughs> words. But they connect the best. Uh, yeah, that's right. Now there's an argument for your small exactly. vocabulary. <laughs> In any case, before this show gets off the rails, I'm going to wrap it up right now. Joseph Rom, thank you so much for being here. Dean, always enjoyable being on a show with you. Our guests and listeners, uh, please uh, subscribe, follow us, tell people about the show. We really enjoy doing this for you guys. And this is James P. Friel signing off. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.